As we continue our Family Matters series on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor says the pressure is really off of you. As we come to all this information on the family, God is not adding to you any new pressure. There's no pressure here, but a reminder of God's thorough work in us. This is a key to a solid home. The key is truly to choose to rest and abide in Christ, to trust him with your home, with your marriage, with your singleness, with your kids. You need to learn to rest in the Lord. You can only lead your home with the resources of Jesus Christ, not your own wisdom or your own power or your own strength. This is amazing grace. It is time once again for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Glad you could make it. We're on the final leg of our journey called Family Matters. And in this, our final installment, Pastor Ed wants to take the pressure off of you and encourage reliance on God. He'll show us why we must rest in the Lord and rely on the strength and resources of Christ. Doing so relieves us of any burden we might be feeling at this point. Take your Bibles, open them to a couple places if you would. Let's start in 1 Peter chapter 4. If you'd like to get ahead, we'll be in Philippians chapter 2, and then we'll land in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Peter 4, Philippians 2, 1 Corinthians 4. In a Bible study that I've entitled, Your Family Matters, It Really Does. Your Family Matters, It Really Does. You know, when we started this series a few months ago, I truly believed it was the direction of God that he had given us for our church. And now that we're coming to a close, I believe it even more. Our faithful and loving God is dealing with the root issues that are hindering his church today. God is dealing with the root issues that are hindering our church today. He's dealing with the root issues that are hindering you that are being used, that these issues in our lives are just propagating more division, more difficulty, and more hardship among us. They're holding you back and hurting you, even destroying some of your lives and faiths and marriages and families. Now, you might be surprised, though, that the biggest issue, the biggest issue you face is not external at all. The biggest issue you and I face, it's not political, It's not governmental. It's not even others and their decisions that affect our lives. The biggest challenge for you and me today isn't external at all, but it's internal. Your biggest challenge is you and the battle that you have between the flesh and the spirit. The Bible says that the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. The two are contrary to one another. Why? And what's the result? So that you don't do what you wish. And that battle is real. And in times like this, it's easy to be distracted off into other things and neglect your home 
and neglect your walk and neglect your wife and neglect your husband and neglect your kids and neglect your grandkids. Why? Because you're caught up in everything else. And the Lord is calling us back to a simple faith in him. Listen, in 1 Peter chapter 4, I draw your attention to verse 12. Remember Peter, we just finished studying Peter verse by verse on Wednesday in our midweek Bible study. Remember, Peter is writing to a group of hassled, scattered believers under great persecution at the hands of the Roman government. They are being tossed to and fro in their lives and losing everything because of the government. And this is what Peter writes to a group of hassled believers. Listen, 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you're reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory in God rests upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed. But on your part, he's glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. And then pause here. This is what I want you to mark. This is all important building up to this statement. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. In the midst of all these difficulties and all the choices that you and I are faced with, it is time, and I believe that time is now, once again, for judgment to begin here in the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end, the Bible says? What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So in the midst of hardship, in the midst of trials, in the midst of injustice and pain, it's easy to lash out in harshness and frustration and anger with others. Let's just be honest, church. It's easier to judge everyone else's family. It's easier to judge everyone else's marriage. It's easy to judge every other situation and to have opinions. It's much easier to look out and say, this is wrong and that is wrong and you are wrong, all the while neglecting, identifying the things that are challenging and wrong in your own life. It's much easier to say, no, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. Okay, what about you? Where are you in your walk with the Lord? What is in your life and in your home? Single, married, doesn't matter. What is it in your personal life that requires attention from you and repentance and humility? It's always sinful to spend more time being a busybody than it is just serving the Lord. And Peter said, don't, in times of trials, you're easy to become a busybody in other people's matters, neglecting even in your own. Listen, everything begins at home. Everything begins in your home and in my home. Everything ends at home. And the greatest choices that you can make is to both choose to surrender your life and home to the Lord and to choose to allow Jesus to build it. Just like we read in the Psalms. It is empty and vain if the Lord doesn't build your house and build your life. Jesus is committed to building your home. Remember, we looked in the beginning of this series. Joshua comes to the end of his life. The children of Israel have come into the promised land. The allotments that were promised by God have been given. 
And this is what Joshua says, Joshua 24, 15. He says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then he says something profound. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's it. As for me and my house, as for my leadership, my family, I need to choose to serve the Lord. Now, looking back on this, so much good has come from this series. It really has. So much good has come as we've been exposed to the teaching of God on our family. Marriages have been restored. Singles have been encouraged. Kids have been reconciling with their parents. There's been a lot of freedom and love and grace and mercy and help for all of us in our relational in all of our relationships and our relational um, connections with others. And it's all been in the midst of a big time of difficulty and trial and, and a world in chaos and confusion. The Lord is at work among us. But I have to say, a lot of things have been revealed too that haven't been so encouraging. You know, we've lost a few marriages along the way. I mean, it's been super hard. There's been marriages that have dissolved that I mean, you look at him, you go, that would never happen. But it did. We lost marriages. We've seen kids go prodigal. We've watched singles compromise. We've watched in-laws harm their kids or their grandkids. Because not everyone wants to put in the work. Not everyone wants to match the word with the work to do things right. Not everyone wants to repent and admit they're wrong. Not everybody wants to admit, yeah, the world, yes, yes, dark, hard, hard but, but nobody wants to admit, yeah, you know, I am too. I've got issues that need to be addressed in my own relationship with God. And I want to do what's right, surrender my life to Him. And so it's sad. But I can say to you as a pastor, I personally refuse to give up hope. I refuse to stop praying. I refuse to stop helping. I refuse to stop teaching and leading you to Jesus as long as God allows me. I will not give up hope. I will encourage you in the ways of the Lord. I will be available to help you and to tell you the truth about your life as from the Word of God. And today, as we close up this series, I, I want to remind you that the burden is not on you. The burden is not on you. That God, He has a care and concern for you that He is with you. He's with you. He hasn't left you or forsaken you. And I want to remind you of a couple of truths that will comfort, strengthen, and energize you in your desire to lead your families and build your house upon the solid rock of Jesus. Here's the thing. You ready? You listen to a study like this, it's very easy to listen to these studies and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do this. And this is what I need to change. This is what I need to change. This is what I need to change. And it's also very easy to look at your spouse and say, okay, this is what you need to change. This is what you need to change. This is what you need to change. And then to look at your kids and go, okay, you kids, you are way beyond. Like you just get way over the top. And then you start adding this extra heavy burden. You can even call it like your own personal form of legalism where you must and you have to. And here's what happens. God never laid that burden on you. And when you study the word of God, that's not laying a burden on you. But your desire to do what's right becomes this legalistic burden. And before you know it, you're going to run off with the right motives. But the moment you fail, 
you're going to go right back into condemnation. You're going to go right back into, you know, discouragement because none of us live to the highest ideal that God has for us. None of us do. We need not only the grace of God to save us, but the grace of God to sustain us. It begins with grace, it continues with grace, and it will end in the grace of God. His sanctifying, changing power in our lives. So I want to remind you of a couple things as we end so that you'll leave encouraged and be ready to adapt yourself to the will of God. Surrender yourself to the will of God so you can lead your homes in such a way that you will truly be a light in a very dark world. So number one, let's go over to Philippians chapter 2. Would you, would you go over to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12? And the first, if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down and remember, just simply two words. Number one is no pressure. Say it with me. No pressure. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, no pressure. You have another neighbor? Tell them too. No pressure. As we come to all this information on the family, God is not adding to you any new pressure. There's no pressure here, but a reminder of God's thorough work in us. This is a key to a solid home. The key is truly to choose to rest and abide in Christ, to trust him with your home with your marriage, with your singleness, with your kids. You need to learn to rest in the Lord. You can only lead your home with the resources of Jesus Christ, not your own wisdom or your own power or your own strength. Trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, leaning not on your own understanding. The Bible speaks of a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And so if you take all of these principles and you go, I'm going to do it or do it, do it, do it, do it, before you know it, you're leaning on your own understanding and it's all in your own effort and that will fail. That will fail. No, there is effort on your part and it does require hard work, but it's in cooperation with the work of God already in your life. And that's what we learn here. Notice with me in Philippians chapter 2, notice in verse 12 here. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let me just say, sometimes I think we forget that it is God. We forget about his power and presence in our lives. We forget about the enduring presence of the Holy Spirit, both in us and upon us. That it is God. That's how it started when you were born again. It's God that's at work. We forget that God is working, even in the midst of our failures and our weaknesses. It's God. He's working in you. And his plans for you and your family are much larger than you even realize. That he sees great potential and is working in you, conforming you into the image of Christ. Listen, God loves you. And that work in you is out of love. He has your best in mind. His desire for you is to thrive in a very difficult world. And it's God that works in us. It's God that works in us. If you'd like to write in your Bibles in verse 13, I want you to circle that word works. And you can simply write next to it the English word energy. 
It is a Greek word here in the original language, energeo, but we get our English word energy. So what the Bible is really saying is that God is empowering you with the energy that you need to accomplish all that he has for you. He's the power. He's the power. I mean, you think about our our phones here. Our phones are worthless without power. They're, They're worthless. They need to be plugged into a power source so that the battery that's in it will then retain that power. And then when we turn it on, it will deplete that power. The phone is worthless without power. And you can say that your life and my life has a worthless component to it without the power of God. We're just sitting there idle. We are endowed with the energy of God. I love that. He's working to accomplish things in your life. All the load, this is such a beautiful thing. All the load and all the pressure is off of you. It's something I wish I would have known earlier on as a husband and as a parent. Because in those early days, man, I just felt all that pressure. And I added pressure on me. I was so scared as a new believing parent in Christ. I was so scared that my kids would turn out like me. And I was so scared. I mean, I mean, they're a part of me. They got my DNA in them. And I was so scared that they would either turn out like me or worse than me. And in those early days, I parented that way. Until the Lord revealed to me that my kids belong to him. They're going to one day make their own choices and own decisions. And that I don't need to fear that they're going to become like me for one very simple reason. They're not me. And we praise God for that. They're different. They're unique. God created them in his image. And with the right care and the right love and the right help and the right discipleship, they will grow up to be the men and women that God desires for them. Yeah, along the way as we learn, the kids can go to the left and go to the right, but we pray for them nonetheless. We train them and disciple them in the way that they should go. But I remember I put this burden on me and that just made me all hyper about everything. And I didn't enjoy my kids. I didn't help them along the way. And one of the things I always share with parents today, and this is a word from the Lord, that, you know, when your kids go to the left or to the right, don't overreact. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you peace and patience and kindness to continue to deal with your kids as they grow up in love, in love. The thing that your kids need the most from you is to know that you love them unconditionally. Even though sometimes it's up and down, left and right. There's no pressure. God has this for you. He's with you and in you. He's the very energy behind your marriage, your singleness, your parenting, your life. What that means then is all the pains, all the setbacks, all the sufferings, all the difficulties are in the Lord's hands. And he's working all things together for the good, for those that love him. For those that are called according to his purpose. But notice there's two points here that are very important to see the energy, how it's working out in your life. Number one, notice in verse 13, that God is the energy in your life to both to will, to will. That phrase simply means God gives you and me new desires. What an amazing thing, the new desires of God. A a desire to be a better husband, a desire to be a better wife, a a desire to be a better parent, a desire to be a better kid, submitted and respecting, a desire to please him. 
God works that energy in us. I mean, you think about some of the things that you desire today for God. And, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you're like, no, man, that's the last thing I want. No, but God is in you now working new desires. You come up with this desire. You know, I think I, I, think I want to go down to, to Denver Central Park and just pray for people. And you're like, where did that come from? The Lord. He's working in you. You know, I think I just want to, instead of driving by the homeless guy, I just want to stop, park my car, and minister him. Where do you think that came from? You know, I think I'm hearing about all these missionaries. You know what? Maybe one day, where do you think that came from? It came from the Lord. He's working in you. But notice not only that, not only is he working in you to will new desires, but notice he's also giving you the energy to do. He is the only place you will find strength and rest at the same time. He will energize you to accomplish his will in and through your life. So that new desire to go down and minister at the park is going to be met with a new power and energy to follow through. And of course, you're going to have to choose to cooperate. Instead of being lazy and in the flesh and going, no, I don't think that's, no, I don't want to do that. No, you're going to have to choose to cooperate. That's your role. Your role is to respond. God is always the initiator. You don't have to make anything happen. You don't have to, oh, I've got to do something. You don't need to worry about it. If you pray every day and read your Bible, God will reveal to you exactly what he wants you to do, where he wants you to do it, how he wants you to do it. Every part of it's covered by God. No pressure. I love that. There's no pressure. You've been listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace and a message titled, Your Family Matters. It really does. Pastor Ed, the big takeaway today is no pressure. While that should be music to our ears, why do you think we take on a burden God never intended for us to have? Well, I think, Larry, a lot of the burden comes from the culture that we live in, this Western culture that's very results-oriented, you know, and that has slipped into the church, a lot of legalism, a lot of works-based righteousness. Of course, many, many people listening in have been exposed to Roman Catholicism or some other works-based man-made religion that emphasizes what we do for God. But, you know, God never emphasizes what we do for Him. He always emphasizes what He has done for us. And what He's done for us, we could never do on our own. And that includes parenting. That includes being the man or woman, the son or daughter, the husband or wife, the mom or dad, whatever whatever role we might play, uh, God has enabled us and trained us and helped us to be the men and women, the single, the married, you name it every facet that we covered in the series, He is working in us. Isn't that great? Both to will and to do. That truth has helped me so much over the years. And looking forward to His soon return, I can only grow, and same with you, we can only grow more in yielding ourselves to the God who works in us, to both to will and to do for His good pleasure. We just get to respond to the goodness and lean into the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's so good. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. And friend, if you'd like to hear this message again, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can subscribe to the Abounding Grace podcast there too, AboundingGraceRadio.com. And we also offer an app, which is another great way to listen to Pastor Ed. Just search for Ed Taylor. 
Each month, we pick out a book that we think can really help your walk with the Lord and encourage you in the Lord. Here in November, it's Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. We all go through hard times, and the past year and a half have been rough for many of us living through a pandemic. And maybe you're wondering, why doesn't God do something about my suffering? Well, he has, he did, he is, and he will. Elizabeth explains, suffering is never for nothing. God is up to something in and through it all. Learn all about that as you read, Suffering is Never for Nothing. To get a copy for a donation of $25 or more, just call us at 877-30-GRACE. That number again is 877-30-GRACE. You can also order resources like this at calvaryco.store. Calvaryco.store. And we also want to remind you that we are listener-supported. Abounding Grace airs all across the nation on stations like this one. But in order to do this, we look to our listeners to help cover the costs. You can make a secure donation on our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Just click on Donate. Or if you'd rather call, here's the number, 877-30-GRACE. We'll complete our Family Matters series tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. See you then. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.